Hello and welcome to Reliance's podcast. We hope that the message encourages your heart today. If you'd like to join us in person, we meet weekly on Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. And if you want to find out more about Reliance, come check us out online. My name is Sean Ammons, and I had the privilege and the pleasure many years ago in the early 90s to be Ryan and Aaron's youth pastor. And we've just been growing together ever since. Now, we haven't always been in touch every month, but um, there have been a variety of things. Like, I think I told Ryan one time that the band that he was in came for some uh, team building, and we talked about temperaments. And um, you were like Christopher Robin and Winnie the Pooh that day. And what's so interesting, though, as we seek the Lord... The real challenge is for us not only to come to Christ, which you'll see in this progression, but for us to realize that we come to Christ, Ephesians 2, 8, we come to Christ by grace, through faith, not by works, not by performance, so that no one can boast. Lord, thank you. And Lord, if anyone here is believing a lie that they have to be the strongest or they have to be the best, they have to persevere the longest, we pray that you would free them from a performance-based culture that we live in. Free us from performance-based culture. Help us to understand that you became weak so that we can be strong in you. In our weakness, be strong, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. So as we uh, look at the chairs, I, uh, I would like to tell you a story. That uh, It's a story that comes from western Kansas, and it's in a hospital. And it's where a doctor comes through the double doors over to a man who's sitting in a wheelchair. And as this man sitting in a wheelchair, it's one of those situations where there's no waiting room. But this man had just rushed his wife to the hospital, and she was in labor, premature. And as the doctor came out and looked at this man, he said, I'm so sorry. It's like your wife's bleeding. She's hemorrhaging. Uh, we're going to make her priority one. Um, you had a little girl. We'll make her priority two. And, oh, by the way, uh, there's a little boy. He's black and blue. You have twins. He's black and blue. He's probably going to die, for sure be brain damaged. And I'm just going to tell you this. If you're a believing man, believing in God, pray that this little boy goes to be with Jesus. And that doctor rushed off. The dad got up, and he took off pacing down the hallway and realized there's a chapel. And so he went to the chapel in this hospital in western Kansas, and he knelt down, and he just said, Oh, Lord, I don't even know where to start, but I do know this. My wife is dying. And we have two kids, two more kids. So, Lord, and he was just crying out to God saying, please save my wife. Please save this little girl. Please save this little boy. And while he was praying, someone walked into the back and said, hey, are you Daryl? And he got up and he looked and said, yes. And it was a nurse. This was 15 or 16 hours later. And the nurse said, follow me. I have an idea. So they took off. They're walking really fast down the, the hallway. Go by the nursery where all the babies are. If you're old enough to know that hospitals used to have nurseries where you could go in and see babies. Yes, it was a long time ago. What was so interesting is they walked past the nursery into like a little lab closet where this little boy was black and blue. And she got a pencil 
And she picked up that little boy's foot, which is the size of my thumb, and just pricked it and watched. Pricked it again really hard. And for the first time in this little baby's life, he made a noise. And it was something like this. And so this nurse kept pricking the baby's foot. And the baby started to breathe. Color started to come. And by God's grace, the mother, the girl, and the little boy lived. And as my dad was telling me this story, I'm like, are you serious? I lived? Like, this is me? I was the black and blue boy? No wonder I'm so brain damaged, you know. (laughs) I was 10 years old. When I remember hearing this story, I'd been a new believer for just a couple of years, and I remember very clearly, and I believe this is true, the Holy Spirit comes in us when we become a Christian. So I'm going to back up and say I believed in God as creator. I believed in God as Savior at the age of eight. At 10 years old, I'm hearing the story from my dad, and God was so clear. I think the Holy Spirit showing me, I saved you. Ephesians 2, 8, we are saved by grace through faith. It's not work so that no one can boast. Ephesians 2, 9, I am molding and shaping you to do good works. I prepared in advance, and that includes being youth pastor for Ryan and Aaron Wallace. And I'm joking a little bit there, but that was a part of God's plan for me. And the, the challenge from God was to allow him to mold and shape me and let me play my small part in his big plan. And the challenge is for me not to make the plans and ask God to bless them. So while I was listening to my dad, God made it clear, I saved you and you're alive. But more than that, I saved you for eternity. We will be together forever. We will be together forever. And by God's grace, you will follow my call on your life. And you're going to work with I'm saying it now. I didn't know it then. Youth and families, until you're really old, stay in shape, and let's keep pointing them to Jesus so that they can be disciples who make disciples who make disciples until I return. And so in light of that, I found myself at 10 being scared, and I was believing a lie. I was 10 years old, and here's the lie that I believed. If you surrender everything to the Lord, he's going to make your life hell on earth. So here the devil, who's like, the prince of hell, is telling me that Jesus is like him. I mean, telling me lies, and I'm believing it as a little elementary student. And as I'm believing lies, I mean, it was things like this. God will make you be a missionary. You'll never see your parents again. You'll never see your big brothers, two of them, your twin sister. God's just going to make life horrible if you surrender to him. And at 10 years old, so listen, if you're 10 years old or if you have children or grandchildren that are 10, the enemy's telling young ones lies where we need to hear at 10 years old, the Lord has a wonderful plan for your life. And you can trust him. You can trust him. You can trust him. He loves you. And I found myself having this supernatural moment with the verses James 4, 7, and 8 at 12 years old. And I was reading where it said, and we prayed this earlier, but I was reading where it said, submit to me. So I was submitting all these lies. Lord, I submit to you my fear of being a missionary. 
Lord, I submit to you my fear that you might make me do something I don't want to do. Lord, I submit to you. So I'm just submitting all these lies to him. And while I was praying this scripture at 12 years old, Satan, I resist you in Jesus' name. Lord, I want to draw near to you. I want you to draw near to me. Purify my heart. The Lord gave me a beautiful picture of the story of David when he was delivering cheese and bread. And it was so interesting because I love the outdoors. I've worked on farms. And, and I just love this idea that he's a shepherd boy and he's just doing what he's told. I like the idea too back then that he just jogged 12 miles without stopping. I'm assuming. But in light of that, it was like the Lord was saying, I want you to serve the one true God, me. And if anything ever comes against it, I want you to stand up and say, don't talk about my God that way. And I don't care if it's a giant. I'll give you gifts and abilities and you play your small part in my big plan and do what I've called you to do. But don't believe the lies of the enemy. Don't entertain them. There's no seat at the table for the enemy. But there's a seat at the table for you. I went forward at 12 years old in a church service like this and committed my life to full-time ministry. Nothing special about that. I was just called in the church that I attended. You're supposed to go down when you're saved. You're supposed to go down when you're called. And I was very careful based on wise counsel. Don't say you'll be a youth pastor the rest of your life or a worship pastor or a senior pastor. Just give a general call to ministry. And I had a brother that started teaching me at that time. So this time frame, if I'm 12, it would be 1980. So in 1980, here's what my brother told me. Isn't that hilarious? Because you know when you were born, right? So in 1980, I have an older brother that's saying, fall in love with Jesus. He did not give a great commission without a great commandment. Your motives mean everything. Don't go into ministry to follow the Western cultures, you know, rise from left to right and be successful. More numbers, more money. No. First, listen close. We love because God first loved us. 1 John 4, 9. We love because he first loved us. It's his love that drew us to himself. And as God's drawing us to himself, he's saying, in the great commandments, all of the law and the prophets hang on these two commands, loving God and loving others. Everything. So if you're here and your mind is all mixed up about this big Bible with 66 books and a whole bunch of stuff, listen. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commands, loving God and loving others. Homework assignment, go look at the Ten Commandments, hang five on each one. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Having struggle in your home, hang those commandments right on, loving God, loving others. Having an argument with a spouse or a family member, take a deep breath, listen close. Honey. I'm more committed to God and you than I am winning this argument. Lord, we pray that you would bring healing. We pray that words that have hurt, whether it be between spouses, grandparents to grandchildren, or parents to children, we pray that you would bring healing. And we pray that you would rebuild trust. And we pray that hypocrisy would leave people's thoughts when they see us or hear our name 
And we pray that what they get slapped with and spilled over with and splashed with is your grace and your truth and your love. So as we look at these chairs, I'd like for you to think about where you are. Um, The lost is mentioned in scripture, and um, we might have to, I don't know how you do the pro presenter, but if you can go to the scripture for the lost, I'll mention it out loud here. That's going to be John 1, 37. And as we go, there's some really cool cultural things behind each one of these words. If you want to know more, um, you can come to me like the Haitians and say, pasta, we eat later. Let's keep teaching, but it will be in a different room after we're done here. But the concept here is people were talking to Jesus, and he says, what do you want? And so I'm asking you, what do you want? Why'd you come? What are you looking for? They said here, you know, where are you sleeping? And, and the takeaway here is that if you're lost, just come and see. We need to see Jesus. We need to see him. We need to experiencing him. We need to, to know his truth, his grace, his love. And it's so healing. Identity in Christ heals. But let's move over to the believer word. I think of John three sixteen for God's soul of the world, that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes shall not have perish, shall not perish, which is eternal separation, but have everlasting life, which is eternal togetherness. But we're going to look at um, John 10, 27. Here, um, there's an argument over, the, over whether Jesus is the Messiah or not. So there's this argument going on. And Jesus is looking at the Pharisees saying, well, my sheep listen to my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. And the challenge for you if you're a believer is to follow Jesus. So let's come and see and let's follow Jesus. We prayed earlier. Oh, that was in the first two services. Catch. Um, in the first two services, we prayed together. And we prayed from Luke 10 2. So let's go ahead and look at that. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, let's ask the Lord to send out more workers into the harvest field. So if you're a worker, one of the things that we want to do is to just ask God to help us live with eternity in mind all the time. One of the challenges when we come to Christ and if we don't grow is to see things from an earthly perspective all the time. But when we start to hear and to see things through an eternal grid, As we have this eternal grid, we start to hear and see things the way Jesus does, the way God the Father and the Holy Spirit. Next thing you know, we're providing care for believers, and we're sharing the love and good news of Jesus with the lost. And I tell you what's so interesting to me, you cannot stop the grace of Jesus. You cannot stop the love of Jesus. You just can't stop it. Nothing will keep a remnant from staying around. Nothing will stop it. And we want to be a part of that. But what's so cool is that we can stand very firm in the fact that as we fill up with Jesus on a regular basis, listen to what he's asking. Play your small part in his big plan. You're not asked to do anything else. Love the people on the natural path of your life. And then when we move over here to the disciple maker, we have John 15 up here. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So as you're thinking about your spiritual journey, and you process your spiritual journey, you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in, you're starting to learn about following Jesus, walking in obedience, starting to learn about how to think through things from an eternal grid, 
Um, a young man that's been over in Lebanon for seven years came over and talked to me just a few minutes ago while we were singing in the third service. It is pretty common to go, okay, which service are we in? What have I already said? What am I getting ready to do? And, and when I was right there, he was just like, hey, thanks so much. Because he came to second service. Dear friend, we, we have history together. And he says, I'm only here seven weeks, and then we're heading back overseas. And um, so while we were talking, um, he says, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing great. Um, I have served in some churches that we get onto if you're talking or ministering during worship. So I was taking a deep breath to say, Lord, show me what to do. The next thing I know, God is moving in a supernatural way right over there. And we're both just having a God moment. It was really cool. And he's like grabbing his heart going, oh, my. Thank you, God. And, and we were just having an encouraging moment. And we may not see each other again because I'm leaving for Japan. And he's going to be leaving the country again. And we haven't seen each other in a long time. And so in light of that, though, when we surrender to God and we're open to his eternal grid and we're walking in obedience, things just don't matter, like of this earth. And now we're starting to sound like Keith Green. So if you know, Lord, You're Beautiful is a Keith Green song, do you mind raising your hand? All right, so when I was young, I actually had tickets to a concert, and he did die in the plane crash, so I'm that old. But what's interesting is Melody Green showed up, his wife, and someone snuck in with one of those VHS recorders, a big camcorder, and videoed a concert. So they played it at the concert. This is like Amarillo, Texas, Amarillo by morning, uh, you know, five hours away, and it's just a different time in a different place. But here's what was interesting about Keith. Keith came to Christ. And when Keith came to Christ and married Melody, the Holy Spirit came in. He was a lot like Rich Mullins, where they're like, we want to just grow as much in the Lord as we can. Forget the ways of the earth. Let's look at things from an eternal perspective. They would go into bars. They'd sit in bars and just have a drink with everybody. The next thing you know, they're on stage leading people to Christ. And I'm going, whoa, go, Keith. You know? And um, then he's writing songs like, Lord, you're beautiful. And saying, when I do great, help me not to try to receive a crown. Like, bringing you glory is all that I want. And so it was so beautiful because they were going on college campuses. They're going into bars. And they were doing all these things, having an eternal focus, saying, I'm just going to play my small part in God's big plan. And we don't know how long we'll be here. Keith died young. He was piloting the plane. And I remember a few years ago, just because, and, and I happened to be on that, in that geographic location, I went onto that property, and I walked out on that runway, and I just laid down, and I went and I reread this story. I knew that everything he wanted was for the Lord. He wrote a, a song about, I pledge my head to heaven for the gospel. I pledge my son. I pledge my wife. I pledge all my children. I pledge my life. I pledged my, heaven, my, my head to heaven for the gospel. And right after he wrote that song, he and uh, a few family members died. And I remember laying on that runway, and I'm thinking about how God saved me. And I'm thinking about how I committed to a life of ministry. And I was thinking about all these experiences. And you know what the enemy wants to do? He wants us to look at that Romans 8, 28 verse and rip it out of our Bible, where it says, all things work together for good. 
for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, because I think in this room, there's a lot of wilderness experience hurt. And I think that's why this service has been tweaked a bit. But what happens then as we're growing in Christ and in maturity, we're getting hurt more and there are calluses to protect, just like on our our skin. I'm a tennis player, Um, whether it's toes or hands or whatever. There's calluses. And the Lord doesn't want our heart to be calloused or have a, a heart of stone, but the Lord wants us to have a heart of flesh where we can keep feeling and where we can keep serving and, and loving. So what I'd like to do is switch over and tell you a story about Mayuko as we land this plane this morning. Mayuko was a Japanese girl who was given an opportunity to learn English as a second language here in the United States. So she came, and when she came... She was hearing about God from some people, ended up being at a a women's retreat for college girls, and I have a daughter that was leading that, and um, my daughter came back saying, there's this girl, I don't know if she's lost or if she's a believer, but she is asking a gazillion questions, like all the other girls might ask one question, but like she's asking a lot, and so through that experience, we were able to confirm Mayuko's salvation, we were able to partner with her, grow with her, and... um, Then she came to work at a camp that we run. And so I've shared in the other services, I can't remember if I've shared here, but I think I did once, that I've lived in a tent for a month and I just came back where we invest in high school and college students. And uh, Mayuko was working at that camp years ago. While she was there, the Lord was drawing her to be healed from something. But she saw a tent and she was triggered. And what triggered her looking at the tent before she moved in was, just crying and weeping, like you've been triggered by something before. It's because when she was nine, she went in a tent with her sister, and her mom and dad came in and said, we're getting a divorce, and it split the family up. And ever since then, from the age of nine to 21, she would hear, see, or be close to a tent, and she would think of that brokenness. Praise God that this particular summer he redeemed that, not only with her memory, like healing her mind, but at the end of camp, she was talking to her dad before and go back to Japan, and he said, there's something that's changed in you. I don't know what it is, but you are not the same girl that we sent to the United States. And he said, I want to invite mom back to the home, and I want our family to come back together. Isn't that cool? So she goes back to Japan. The family gets back together. I'm meeting with Mayuko on Zoom and trying to help her through identity in Christ to be healed, but also to be equipped to be a disciple who makes disciples who makes disciples. Japan is the most unreached group, I should say the second most unreached group in the world. And so here she is. I know she's a worker because her heart is so broken over her lost sister. She brings her sister to camp the next year. So she's at camp, and I'm saying, what do you do if you're in Christian ministry and you have someone that's lost that wants to serve? And we put her in the kitchen. She was really depressed. She didn't know what to do, so we had a godly cook, and the cook's responsibility was to join the rest of the staff and let God's love and grace just spill on her. Mayuko's education visa and internship visa came to an end. And so she's back in Japan. I'm meeting with her over Zoom, continue meeting on Zoom. And then she says, hey, my sister Yoli became a Christian. 
Yoli moved from lost to believer. And she said, and my dad, Yoshi, he became a Christian too. And I'm like, praise God. So why don't we actually watch a video? Let's just watch a video. So here we are in Japan. And we just came out of the ocean, which is behind me, where we baptized Yoli and Yoshi. And the beautiful part of this picture is that Mayuko, Yoli's sister and Yoshi's daughter, was working with us at Extreme Kansas Camp, where we're all about helping the lost to be saved and to believe, and the believer learn how to be a worker in the harvest field, and the worker to be a disciple maker. And we had Mayuko come work for us as a believer, and she started following Jesus with us, and she started sharing the good news of Jesus as a fisherwoman, and she was fishing um, for her friends and family, and then we got a phone call, and I was talking to Mayuko, and she said that her dad and her sister came to Christ, and we said, well, we would love to come and encourage you, and to provide encouragement, and learn about your culture, and provide some equipping. And so I, along with some team members, came here to Japan. And we just came out of the ocean, where it was so precious. We had some of Mayuko's friends here who were lost, and they just had tears going down their face because Jesus was so precious as he was drawing them to himself. But they were able to see Dad, who uh, shared in a testimony that he felt like he tore his family apart by being selfish, and yet God's restoring and redeeming their family. And so we just came out of the water where we had that baptism. And to see dad, his name is Yoshi, holding and hugging Mayuko and Yoli. And just seeing that redemption and transformation was beautiful. So if you're watching this and you're a lost person, come and see. If you're a believer, follow Jesus. And if you're a worker in the harvest field, you keep coming and seeing and you keep following but really work on being a good friend as you fish for men and women. And then if you're a disciple maker, keep abiding. Keep abiding in Christ, and he will bless you. God bless you, and you have a great day. So Mayuko was sharing with me some wilderness experiences she went through, kind of like what some of you are going through. And I mentioned Deuteronomy 8.2. In Deuteronomy 8.2, God's saying, I took you through the wilderness to expose your heart. To humble you and to see if you would walk in obedience. I would like Jesus to be the example for everything that we do. And so we ask the question, you know, if Jesus is calling us to this, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. For God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son. Jesus is a worker in the harvest field calling us. Luke 19.10, Jesus came to seek and save the lost again. But Jesus is saying, abide in me, you bear much fruit. And we say, well, Jesus never went through the wilderness, right? After he was baptized, before he even started ministry, that's the first place he went. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. This is for a different message for a different day or like, pasta, don't eat, teach us, like in a different room, a different place. In the wilderness, we're tempted to be a people pleaser and have approval of man. Galatians 1.10. If I were still trying to please human beings, I would not be a servant of Christ. So Lord, help us, those of us that are people pleasers. Appetite. In the wilderness, we're tempted to satisfy all of our desires in our own strength, our own power, and our own wisdom. But Jesus said no. He responded every time with truth. Approval of man, appetite. 
ambition, being the strongest or the best. And we live in a culture that really promotes this. And listen, at the cross, Jesus became weak so we could be strong. At the cross, Jesus was rejected so we could be accepted. And at the cross, what Jesus did, he created everything, death, burial, resurrection. We can have all desires satisfied in him or he'll take the desire away. And when I say in him, he might give us a spouse. When I say in him, he will provide, like he's a God of order that created it. These desires and appetites can be satisfied in a holistic, biblical, godly way for God's glory. Bringing us back to playing our small part in God's big plan. So let's watch one more little video because Mayuko just had a missionary propose to her. And she's going to get married. And she said, Sean, would you come to the wedding? And so watch this. Hi, everybody. My name's Levi Boo. And my name is Mayuko Shango. I'm originally from the UK, but God led me out here to Japan as a missionary. And then he led me to, to meet Mayu. And now we're going to be getting married in a few weeks' time. <laughs> um, we're very excited about that. We're so thankful for all your support, partnering with us in prayer and for commissioning the team. Um, not just coming out to help our wedding, of course, they'll also be doing work to build the Kingdom of Christ here in Japan. So thank you so much for that. Yes, and there will be a lot of non-Christian friends and family are coming. So we are very excited that we get to share the joy of Christ with you. And yeah, I'm just so excited that what God is going to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me, I'll pray in English, may you pray in Japanese. In Japanese. Yes. Father God, thank you so much um, for the work you're doing um, in us and through us. Thank you for this team, for the work you're doing in and through them, and for this church, um, sending them out. And we just pray for your grace, your mercy, your blessing on all of us. We pray for the team, and as they come, that you would work in and through them uh, to build your kingdom here in Japan. And we just entrust this entire trip uh, over to you and I expect them for your great mercy and grace. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks,天の父様、イエス様。この時を感謝します。今回もショーンとショーンのチームが日本に来てくれます。本当に嬉しいです。イエス様、あなたに期待します。本当に結婚式に導かれる一人一人の心にあなたの愛と喜びをシ
Lord, we submit to you, our future spouse. We submit to you whether we're supposed to be married or not. Satan, we resist you in Jesus' name. We want to draw near to you, and you draw near to us. And Mayuko is working on following Jesus and having an eternal perspective about a future mate. And here we have four years later, she's engaged to be married to a missionary. Because <laughs> she wants to be a disciple and makes disciples as a way of life. And so our team's going to go, and um, I'll share a little bit later about specific ways you can pray. But if you want to pray for us now, that would be great. Yeah, so they leave just in a few days. What, On the 18th. Okay, okay. Nine yeah. days. So nine days. Um, so yeah, if you just want to extend a hand, we want to bless them just as a church and charge them. Um, yeah. So, Lord, we just thank you for this team. Thank you for uh, sent ones. Thank you that we get to, as a church, bless them, um, send them out in the name of Jesus. We're just so thankful, Jesus, that you're already preparing the way. Um, you love uh, Maiku and, and the family and all the friends that don't know you, that you would sacrifice yourself. Even while they're still rejecting you, Lord, you would pursue them as you did us. Even in our own times of rejecting you, Lord, you would still pursue us with mercy and grace and love. And so just thank you that you're already, already preparing a path. You're tilling up soil, Holy Spirit, even in a dry and, and harsh land, uh, in, a, in a land that is, yeah, doesn't, doesn't know you by and large. Lord, we're asking, we're asking that as you send these workers out of the harvest field, Lord, that they would, they would have discerning ears. Lord, I pray that, that every step of the way they would say, Lord, left, right straight, where, where would you want me to go, Jesus? And they would, they would find great delight in listening to your voice and saying, my shepherd said this, let's go there. And so, Lord, that they, they would follow you, great shepherd. Thank you for leading them. Um, yeah, Lord, we're, we're praying for even that ceremony, even the wedding where, where, where friends that don't know you where are coming. They, they have no idea that you're already pursuing them and that from long ago you set that time in advance so that the gospel could be shared. And, Lord, I'm praying for it to be received in many hearts. I'm praying for salvation to spring up from the ground in a wedding. Um, and so, again, just thank you for this team. Lord, use them in a mighty capacity, whether it's to one or to ten or a hundred. Um, you get the glory out of it. And so, again, just thank you for this team. Bless them, protect them, keep them safe, watch over them. And, uh, and again, we just look forward to receiving them back and hearing a testimony and stories of what, you've, what you're up to um, thousands of miles away. Again, we love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. So as we uh, wind down and as we end, I want to give two specific prayer requests. Uh, Mayuko and uh, Yoli's mom, his name's Humi, spelled Y-U-M-I, Humi, has an H sound, but she feels trapped. Like when the family got back together because of all the transformation in Mayuko and then dad comes to Christ and sister comes to Christ. Um, and so we just want to pray against the enemy's lies. Um, she did not come to the baptism. All their lost friends came. And some of them were crying while they were testifying about one God, not 2,000. And it was so exciting. And so pray for Humi. The other one is there are three friends of Mayuko that I met with right before I left. And I was telling them about how God created them, I believed. But I would be fine if they disagreed with me. That they were beautiful. And they started crying. I said, God made you beautiful. And I said, God's drawing you to himself. And while they were crying, they go, but yeah, but there's so many gods. How do we know there's one? And I said, when you see me again, if you don't believe in one true God, don't run and turn the other way. I said, I'll come and I'll greet you appropriately. We'll be friends no matter what. But what's so interesting is God's been drawing some of these girls for four years. And I believe they're either already have come to Christ. I would have heard about that. 
or they will come to Christ. Now, it's not about us. We're playing our small part in God's big plan, but be praying for these three girls who have gone from like 22 years old to 27, still single. They see Mayuko getting married, and now they're wondering, what about me? So Humi and these three girls, and then all the other relationships. Um, We'll be there for three weeks, and so we really do appreciate your prayer. We're going to throw a QR code up. If you'd like the full short video, you can get it there. Also, there's a documentary that we made about Mayuko's life to help you better understand her dad. He's on there, her sister, and the opportunity. So if you want to go, you can do that through the QR code. And let's just close in a a song and uh, have the best week possible in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's word. We hope that it continues to encourage you and bless you as you go about your day to day. And until then, we will see you next Sunday. Have a great week.